Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you are having a terrific start to your Tuesday and you're having a wonderful six-week anniversary of the Atlanta Braves winning the 2021 World Series title. Again, It's never going to get old saying that. Of course, the Daily Hammer is part of the great lineup of podcasts over at the Talking Chop Podcast Network, the Talking Chop Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the Daily Hammer. You can find it at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So, of course, we're now almost two weeks into the MLB lockout, obviously, the lockout that we're all hoping at some point in time will come to an end, but it's likely going to be several months, or not necessarily several months, several weeks into months before the lockout ends. And as I discussed a few weeks ago, not only is it the uncertainty of when the lockout may end, but what's the sport going to look like? How is the sport going to be impacted moving forward as a result of this lockout? Well, one of those potential impacts could be the universal DH coming into play for the National League. And for the Atlanta Braves, that actually could be a very good development, not only in terms of, obviously, how impactful it was for the Braves to have nine offensive players instead of a pitcher hitting in an AL ballpark like we saw when the Braves played in Houston during the World Series. But in terms of the 2022 season, it also could be a very effective way for the Grizzlies to ease Ronald Acuna Jr. back into the lineup as he gets to you know his full capabilities, full 100% capability coming off his ACL injury last year. So without a lot of news to really, you know, sparked the interest of many that follow baseball, one of the things that certainly has been fun to watch are, you know, updated video proof of Ronald Acuna, you know, slowly but surely returning to 100%. Yesterday, there was video proof of Ronald Acuna Jr. in a batting cage. Now, of course, with the lockout going on, the Braves don't have the capability of working directly with Ronald Acuna Jr., Mike Soroka, Charlie Morton, and others like they did before the lockout, but yet these players are still obviously going to be doing the rehab and the work that they need to do to get back to 100%. And yet, and yesterday the video just shows a reminder, just with, you know, I know it was just batting practice, but again, like many say about the most special talents in baseball, the ball just sounds different coming off the bat. And even in a batting cage video, it still certainly remains true when it comes to Ronald Acuna Jr. Because I feel that it's important to point out that coming into last season, many were talking about how Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Juan Soto were the talents that were the trio of young talents that truly were going to be the faces of baseball over the next decade, more than likely. In a perfect world, that certainly would be the case. And you could add the production of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year to that as well. With as special of a year as Tatis Jr., for, or, or uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Juan Soto had last year, it's important to remember Ronald Acuna Jr. was right there with those with those three players. His production was just as, if not more impressive through the first half of the 2021 season than Tatis Jr., Guerrero Jr., or Soto's was over a full season. 
So you have this quartet of talents that are absolutely special, that are all around the same age. Likely you're going to see those three players between Soto Acuna Jr. and Tatis Jr. battling it out for MVP awards for the next decade. Truly feel Acuna Jr. would have been the MVP last year had he remained healthy. But it just goes to show that it's not Ronald Acuna Jr. returning from a lost year due to an ACL injury. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. returning back from an injury in which there's full faith that he's going to return back to being 100%, perhaps being even better moving forward. But the fact is, is that he didn't struggle last year, though the Braves overall did as a team while Acuna Jr. was active. Ronald Acuna Jr. was on a clear MVP-type run last year before he got injured. And so the Braves have every reason to, before they fully rely on him, at one, to be 100%, they fully rely on him to be the Ronald Acuna Jr. that we all know, they're going to take their time to ease him back into the lineup. They can use the DH as a way to do it. They could use him potentially. They may not start him as a full-time starter to start the, to start the season. They may ease him back time on, uh, you know, some time on, some time off to make sure that he gets back in the groove of regular playing time. But the DH should certainly help be able to allow for the Braves to take every caution that they need to before they fully rely on Ronald Acuna Jr. like they have in the past, they make sure he's 100% healthy. But not only is the DH going to be an effective tool to help them ease him back into being in the lineup and being the Ronald Acuna Jr. that is among the most special talents in baseball, it also sheds light again on that the Braves are certainly going to be one of many teams who, when the lockout ends, are likely going to be on a mad scramble to add some needed outfield depth. Because right now, you're looking at Adam Duvall in left, Christian Pache in center, and, and that's really it. In terms of health or in terms of availability, those are the two players right now with the Braves tendering Adam Duvall's contract that you have as, as logical outfield options. You don't know what the start of the season is going to look like with Ronald Acuna Jr. coming off his injury. You don't know how the situation is going to play out going forward with Marcelo Zuna. So the Braves have every reason to eventually add one or two more outfielders, obviously, but beyond that, they also, in my opinion, need to put a heavy emphasis on looking for someone that can play center field to support Pache in case he has another start, struggle to start the season, but also to put Duvall and Acuna Jr. in the corners where they are their most productive. So it's awesome to see this video of Ronald Acuna Jr. It's clear that he is on his way to being back to 100%, but the Braves clearly have every reason not only to take the time that they need to ease him back into being in the role that he had previously before his injury, but also they're going to have to get to work to make sure that they support that with needed depth once the lockout ends. But beyond the present, yesterday was a pretty significant day because it was an anniversary of one of the more memorable trades in Braves franchise history over the past two decades. I'll talk about the specific trade itself and how, how that trade played out is a reminder of just how awesome the entire Braves organization has been, not only in terms of the player on the field, but their support system off of it. We'll discuss that in just a moment. So yesterday, December 13th, was actually the 18th anniversary 
of one of the more memorable trades that the Braves have made, both for positive and negative reasons. On December 13, 2003, the Braves made a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, this was a decade before the Braves made the deal with the Cardinals that sent Jason Hayward to St. Louis. The Braves acquired outfielder J.D. Drew, as well as catcher, outfielder, utility player Eli Marrero, in exchange for three pitchers, Ray King, Jason Marquis, and the young rookie by the name of Adam Wainwright. Now, in terms of the short term of that deal, the Braves absolutely hit a home run, for lack of a better way of putting it, with this deal. During the 2004 season, not only did Eli Marrero have one of the better years, the better offensive years of his career, but J.D. Drew truly had not only the best year of his career, but also one of the 10 most productive offensive seasons that a Braves player has had since the year 2000. That's how special of a year he had. And it was a very, very astute move by the Braves because after they had lost several key talents to the early 2000s versions of the Braves that many still thought were true World Series contenders, they were able to supplement those losses by bringing in J.D. Drew, who had an outstanding season. But unfortunately, J.D. JD Drew's production was only, la only lasted one season for the Braves as he left in free agency to, I believe if my memory serves me correct, sign a five-year, $55 million deal, which was a big deal at the time, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Braves only got one season of J.D. Drew. And of course, history then took care of itself. It took care of the rest. After only a season of J.D. Drew, the Braves spent the next 17 seasons watching Adam Wainwright be a significant key to the Cardinals winning not only two World Series titles, but perhaps putting together a, maybe a Hall of Fame career, if you will, of his own. Maybe not Hall of Fame worthy, but certainly over the past 15 years, Adam Wainwright has been one of the more consistent and productive pitchers in the National League. And as we all know, consistent starting pitching has been a big need for the Braves over the past decade plus. But while that is a fun trade to revisit, while that certainly has been on multiple levels, one of the more memorable trades by the Braves over the past two decades, for me it also is a reminder of just how awesome it's been to see the support system that this current Braves roster has. And what I mean by that is this, is that I've talked about several times, Alex Anthopoulos has done an absolutely wonderful job of finding good, productive players on short-term deals to come in and be able to supplement or support the young core that the Braves had. And a big reason why he's been able to do that is because of the extensive work, the, the, the hard work that his support staff, the analytics group, the all of the front office for the Braves, the efforts that they put in to find the right investments when it comes to players to bring into the fold to the Braves and be able to be productive. You know, I've named him off plenty of times before. The thing, Josh Donaldson, you know, Charlie Morton, obviously, Marcelo Zuna, obviously, before, um, you know, the, the, the issues off the field. But the thing that I'm getting at is, is that in terms of that support system for Alex Anthopoulos, he's been able to rely on 
short-term free agent deals to help supplement and support this Braves young core instead of having to go out and may, and pay a significant prospect price to go get a one-year rental like the Braves did back when they got J.D. Drew. That has been a huge, huge source of success for the Braves. It's not only the fact that they've been able to find these short-term deals, find great value on short-term contracts, but also it allowed for them to keep their best young players in place as well. But it's not just the front office who has made the fines that have prevented the Braves from having to make significant trades that would cost them key prospects. It's also the support staff when it comes to the minor league coaching staffs. Spencer Strider spoke with Fangraphs over the weekend about his breakout 2021 season, how his stuff and certainly his approach improved as time went on. And he credited, I believe, AA manager Dan Meyer on how working with him, former Braves top prospect Dan Meyer, on how Meyer's work with Strider really helped him out. We've seen other pitchers who have done really well by working with AAA pitching coach Mike Maroth, as well as, obviously, Rick Kranitz when they came to the majors. But those support staffs, those the Braves minor league coaching staffs, as well as you know hitting coach Kevin Seitzer, who's played a big role in the in these free agents being as productive as they've been, Rick Kranitz being able to figure out how to help pitchers find their grooves once they get to the major league level, all those things come together to put these players, no matter their experience level or no matter if they've been for the Braves for a decade like Freddie Freeman or they've been in the Braves system for less than a year, the support system, not only at the not only in the front office, but also the Braves coaching staff at the major league level, but the minor league coaching staffs as well, each and every one of those sources has done a great job positioning many young Braves talents and many new Braves talents to succeed once they arrived here. And because of that, that not only has allowed for the Braves to be able to not have to trade away prospects to get short-term value, but it also has set the Braves up for long-term success to hopefully have multiple other chances at World Series titles. So it's fun to go back and revisit these trades, but it also is a lot of fun looking at those trades then of how things have changed for the better now and how the Braves are truly reaping the benefits in the present and the future. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. You can find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. Have a great day.